If you want the whole hipster bang bang, <laughs> the hipster the bang complete bang. hipster bougie bang bang, simply <laughs> and contact right across from each other. Go do that. The extra pack of peanuts travel podcast, episode three twenty nine. In Budapest, the two tallest buildings, the Basilica and the Parliament Building, are exactly the same size. 96 meters or 315 feet tall. And that's because no building is allowed to be built taller than 96 meters. It's to commemorate the anniversary of when the first settlers arrived in Budapest. I talk a lot and give a lot of love to Tortuga backpacks, especially their carry-on size backpacks, the Setout and the Outbreaker. And in this last trip to Budapest, I gave my Outbreaker a little bit of a break no pun intended there, and I brought my set-out backpack with me. But there's another branch of the Tortuga backpack family that I use all the time that I don't talk about a lot, and that is the Tortuga day pack. And this is perfect for day-to-day use, especially when going around the city. So every time that we went out in Budapest, I filled up my little Tortuga day pack. It's about 15 liters, carries everything you'll need for the day-to-day traveling when you're popping around a city or even if you're going out on a little hike packed that up full of everything I needed, went out for the day, had my Tortuga day pack with me, and it was a great time. So if you're looking to add to your Tortuga backpack family, if you have one of the larger carry-on ones that you use for all your luggage, check out the Tortuga day packs. You can get those and, of course, all the carry-on size backpacks as well over at TortugaBackpacks.com. Don't forget, use that promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That'll get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who is definitely a Western European girl, but who will take Eastern Europe if it's a little bit bougie. My wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Bougie. Yeah, I like Eastern Europe. I mean, what Eastern European country have we been to that I haven't liked? You like Eastern Europe. You just, you don't like it for the same reasons I like it. I like it for the grittiness. You like it for the I mean, they're beautiful countries, and I like that you can do some of the same things there cheaper than you could in Western Europe. That's true. That's true. We I always, guess that's bougie. I don't know. We we always joke that I'm an Eastern European guy and Heather is a Western European girl. I think it fits a little appropriately. She's She likes things a little nicer, a little more upscale. I like Eastern Europe for the grittiness, like specifically. But in today's podcast... Yeah, we're gonna, you always seek out those very interesting spots. Yes. I like Western Europe because it's more off the beaten path. It's grittier. Of course, I like it because it's cheaper than Western Europe. And what we're going to be talking about today, which is really fun, is one of, I think I can safely say this for you all, let you speak for yourself, but for me, one of my now favorite cities in the world, 
Budapest. And I'll be, I, I'm going to call it Budapest because that's okay. how they, that's what I, they say. I guess what, that's what they say. Yeah, it's an amazing city. And I feel like we have quite a few cities that are our favorite cities in the world. But this is definitely in the top five. Like we talk about Cape Town as being our favorite. Florence as being our favorite. Yeah, uh, there's there's a few on there and for sure. Budapest is definitely up there in the top five. Yeah, and we're going to give you our complete rundown of Budapest. We are going to absolutely destroy and murder a lot of the names of these things because oh, yeah. we do not speak Hungarian. I can say Budapest. That's why I'm doing Budapest. So at yeah. least I get that right. But um, we're going to be giving you our on-the-ground report. And so when we do these Destination Diary episodes, if you're new to the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast, what we do is when we go to an area or a city or region, even a country every once in a while, we do these travel guides. We do these destination diaries, and they're everything uncensored, what we loved, what we didn't like, you know, all, all of our own experiences wrapped up into these guides. And I know you guys like them because it it is not a real sterile look at it sometimes. I mean, if we don't like something, we're going to say it. In fact, at the end of the Destination Diary episodes, we already always do our one thing you can't miss, one thing that if you were coming, we would recommend maybe you even skip, and then one thing that we wish we had done that we didn't get to do. Of course, in between, we're talking where to stay. We're going to talk neighborhoods, because I love neighborhoods, and Budapest has some great neighborhoods. We're going to talk eating, drinking, activities, you know, how to get around. There's a plethora of things to do in Budapest. It's a great city. It's a big city, but it's not too big. So you feel like you can see quite a lot of it while you're there. Yeah. And we Especially spent, if you have, we had what, seven days? There? We had Eight seven days? days there and we went in May in the kind of to the tail end of May, which I think was a fantastic time to go. Weather was great. Obviously, it wasn't tourist season yet. One thing I will mention with, with Budapest as we get through here is that one of the things I liked about it is it's touristy in a way. It's touristy in that there's a lot of it's cheap, so there's a young backpacker crowd and stuff like that. But it's certainly not touristy in the way that London is, Paris is, things like that. You you feel like you're in a city that that is even when you're in its touristed area and it's the spots that you're going to stay in, and we'll talk about that. You're not feeling like everyone around you is a tourist, there's plenty going on that's real-life Hungarians and people who live in Budapest and stuff like that, which I really always enjoy. Um, so it's it's one of those, it's kind of, would you say, have halfway off the beaten path, especially if you're considering European and European capitals. I, I don't think I would say it's off the beaten path. but halfway? I Halfway? No? Maybe halfway. Okay. There were still tourists and a lot of expats there. And we also went to some very trendy places that, you know, people read about these things now and they all want to go. And they were great places, which is why they're very popular. So to me, it didn't feel like Georgia. Georgia is off the beaten path. So I guess Budapest could be half the, off the beaten path. Sure. All right. All right. Sure. Wait, I'll give it to you. You'll give it to me. Uh, one thing, as we get started here, what I wanted to mention is two different things. One, I found a fantastic website. And when I find something that I love... Oh, my goodness. Trav could not stop talking about this website the whole time we were there. If, if Obsessed. If there was a website this good for every city we went to or every area we went to, I would be the happiest person in the world because it's, again, not like a sterile guidebook. It's someone... It's by... A, Someone who is in, who grew up in Budapest, lived in New York, so the writing is really good. It's called offbeatbudapest.com. So I want you to listen to this podcast, but if you're going to Budapest and you want a 
more in-depth look, check out offbeatbudapest.com. The only thing that I will say, the, the downside to going to that site is you'll that... You'll want to do everything. You'll want to do everything, <laughs> which I did, and we didn't get to everything because his writing is so good and it's so informative that you are really going to want to do everything. So if you're heading to Budapest or you're just thinking about it, check out offbeatbudapest.com when you're done this podcast because we'll give you some of our... Yeah, our don't stop the podcast right now. Right. And but that go was really good. <laughs> and I will say then as we get started, there are two ways to kind of do... Bud- well, there's, I guess there's three ways to do Budapest. You could do it super, super luxury, which which we did not do. You could do it very budget. And one of the reasons that Budapest is big on the backpacker scene and and for all tours really is that it is much, much cheaper than other European capitals. So you could do it really budget. You could get accommodations for 20 to 40 bucks a night that are decent. You could get meals for three, four, five bucks, things like that. Or you could do it this in between what we're going to call like bougie Budapest. Bougie and, Budapest. And that's, I like it. That's how we... Of course I like it. Yeah, that's how we did it. It's a semi-upscale way. And when you think about that, we're going to the nicer, trendier places that are going to be more expensive. So for, for Budapest levels, they're going to be somewhat expensive. But those are about half price to maybe two-thirds the price of what you pay somewhere in New York or Paris. So... For example, you're going to a really nice brunch and maybe you're paying seven or eight dollars instead of fourteen, fifteen, 15 to twenty something plus. like that. Absolutely. So that's what we did. And I mean, so it was really fun for me, I guess. Yeah, I'm the bougie Budapest girl. <laughs> it's bougie Budapest. We did it that way. And it it was cool. The thing I liked about Budapest, obviously, if I had been going on my own, maybe I would have done it even more frugally. But it was cool to go to a city and get to do all the hot spots, best places to eat. Things like stay in a two bedroom, nice apartment for $100 a night instead of, you know, another place for maybe 50. So it was cool to be able to do that and to be able to afford yeah, it as well. without really breaking the bank. Because if you're going all out in a city like Paris, you're going to be spending thousands of dollars. Right. So, yeah, this was great. It was like, you know, a nice time. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits of going to a cheaper city is you have you have those options to be able to do it multiple ways and to be able to afford it. So getting into it, first we want to talk about just getting there, getting into Budapest. Um, we flew into the airport. We had a direct flight yeah, from Philly. Philly just recently added Philly to Budapest. Yeah, direct. on the world's awfulest planes. Yeah, on worst Airlines. plane ever. But that's okay. It got us there. And then when we arrived there, we did something that we don't often do. This was the beginning of the bougie Budapest. Uh-huh. We took a taxi. We took a taxi <laughs> to downtown from the airport. It's about thirty minute ride. Twenty five U.S. dollars ish um, with the exchange rate. At a at this point, and you it's two hundred and eighty four to one U.S. dollar. So um, it was about twenty five U.S. dollars. Took about thirty minutes. Definitely the easiest way to get to exactly where you want to go. But there is another option that's much cheaper and not even that much longer. Just with a kid, we figured, huh? Well, we just we were bougie this time. Yeah, I'll admit it. Take that taxi. We were very tired getting off the flight. So. Yeah. So the other way to do it is you can take the hundred e bus. Um, and that runs every 30 minutes. It's three euros a person. It's about a 30 to 40 minute ride. Last bus comes right after midnight. So if you're getting in late night, you might not be able to do that. But that's a decent option. We actually saw that as we were going back to the airport. So for three euros, get to downtown Budapest. It'll drop you off right in 
one of the main, you know, there's a few spots you can get off, but all right in that downtown inner city corridor. Definitely a really easy way to get in from the airport and super cheap at three euros a person. Yeah, so, a great um, option. Yeah. So let's talk about neighborhoods. You know, Heth, that I, and if you guys are new to the podcast, you might not know, but if you've listened to other Destination Diaries. Trav loves neighborhoods. I love neighborhoods. I love figuring out neighborhoods. I love whoever shot me a text message or maybe it was a, or not a text message, a tweet, or maybe it was a email saying, hey, can you add more neighborhoods when you do these destination diaries? I thought, thank you. <laughs> Someone is asking for it. So now I, I have an excuse for doing it. Obviously, when we travel to some of these places, we don't, they're either not as neighborhoody or, or we don't get a feel for the neighborhoods as well. Because of offbeatbudapest.com, I got a great feel for these neighborhoods. So let's talk about neighborhoods first. Because then when we talk about where to sleep and where to eat, you'll have a, a little bit of a sense of what we're talking right. about. Right. And so for Budapest, it's basically split up to the Buddha side and the Pest side. Right. And so the Buddha side you're going to look at, and that's where the castle is. That's going to be hillier. It's going to be more residential. It's going to be less to do, less cafes, less places to eat. Much, much, much quieter. If you had maybe two weeks there, maybe you split and check them both out. Um, we did not stay on the Buddha side. We stayed in the Pesh side, and that's where most of the people will stay. And I think if you're wanting to walk more, which we did, and we'll get into how walkable of a city it is, if you wanted to walk more, staying on the Pesh side might make more sense because you can walk over to the Buddha side and see the castle, but it's not A, it's not as hilly, and B, there's just more of the things to do are on that side. Yes. And that's where we stayed. So if you're looking at the Buddha side, there's district. It's set up in in districts, much like Paris, kind of in in these circles that that go from the middle. And so District One is right by the castle, and there's another district right on the Buddha side called District Eleven by the Gellert Baths. But like the famous, famous baths, you can see them from across the river. And right. So those are the kind of the areas we explored on the Buddha side. On the Pesh side, you have District Five, which is kind of the the inner core right right by the river on the pesh side and then you have district six seven and eight which are right above that and i would say district five is a little bit touristy it's kind of where all of the touristy shops are it's right next to the river so uh, we walked through it and there are some restaurants and things like that there that we went to but I mean, you can obviously stay there too, but I preferred not staying there. Yeah, it's where more of the chain hotels are, like right on the river is an Intercontinental and I think a Marriott and things like that. If you stay in District 6, 7, or 8, and we stay in District 7, which is the Jewish quarter and is known as like the party district. Now, we stayed in... An, the thing about the party district is, A, a it's fairly big, so you can stay in all these different... Airbnbs like we did that are not right next to all the ruined pubs and all the clubs that are happening. So we stay in District Seven, but we are and, and we are close walk to all the stuff and all the you know I guess the party scene, but we weren't right above it and you couldn't hear it or anything like that. So for us, we stay District Seven. I think if you stay District Six, Seven, or Eight, you're gonna be. Definitely close enough to either be to get down to the river and to get over to the side. And so I would recommend that at six, seven, or eight, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And they're all really beautiful. These areas are just like the architecture and the buildings and the little shops and the cafes that are scattered around six, seven, and eight, I think are much cuter than District Five. Yes. Yes. I know. I feel like, what is that? That we're in Hunger, Hunger Games? Hunger Games, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> District District 7, we said Jewish Quarter, the party district. District 8 
if you're close to the river, is an area called the Palace District, which I loved walking it's just through. Just beautiful, absolutely and beautiful. Way quieter, but still right near everything. So that might be something you look at right behind the National Museum. Yeah, if we did it again, I would stay there. Yeah, and that's and that's district that's District Eight, and then you have District Six is like the financial kind of area. So any of those are going to work, and you're going to be able to get in between them. And there's they're not distinct differences right like i only know it's because i was looking at maps and drawing it on maps saying wait what district we're in but you're not going to have such a nerd nerd alert you're not going to have an idea so when we talk about where to stay district six seven or eight make sure i i think our preference is inside that there's kind of a a ring road that goes around district five and cuts it off from district six seven or eight and there's another ring road that cuts that cuts six seven and eight in half if you stay inside that second ring road, and, I, and the name... <laughs> you are getting really the detailed. The name here. changes, uh-huh. but stay south uh, or like inside the octagon area, and you're going to be able to easily walk to anything. I know I'm getting really in the weeds here, but I love neighborhoods. I know, and someone did request it, so <laughs> I will allow it. And someone did request it. As if I am it. the boss of this podcast. So if I you're staying on it. the Pesh side, six, seven, or eight, and kind of stay inside that second ring, you'll see it on a map. Stay inside that, and you'll be able to walk to anything. If you do stay on the Buddha side, District 1 or District 11, you can yeah, stay in. We literally walked everywhere every single day. And you know we will talk about the metro and things like that, which is very easy to take. But we just didn't even need We did take it once But we didn't even need to take it Because of where we were staying We just walked And we do enjoy walking So I'm talking about Like we walked probably a few miles every day But there were always stops along the way So it didn't seem overwhelming It certainly wasn't overwhelming When we talk about getting around And we'll we'll leave the neighborhoods now We'll get to the (laughs) getting around section Very, very walkable They also have a bike share We didn't use that Because we had a seven-month-old with us So that was not possible But the bike share is a, a euro a day or something like that. And they have stations everywhere. So I really wanted to make an effort to do it and I never got around to it. But a lot of people use the bike share. Super convenient, super cheap. You could see a lot more. Didn't seem that difficult to bike around Budapest. Obviously, keep your wits about you, but it's way less busy than a New York or a Paris or anything like that. So, you know, I'd recommend that. And then the Metro, which we took once, we took the Metro line number one, which you know the reason I love that. It is the oldest train line. Oldest metro system. Oldest metro system in continental Europe, we learned. It's not the oldest one in Europe because the London Tube is older. So we, we are aware of that correction, but it is one of the oldest. Uh, it is the oldest in continental Europe. And it's Built in beautiful. 1896. It's actually really nice and beautiful. I mean, I, we didn't get off every stop, but you could see them from the train. And then the one stop that we did get off of, I mean, it had like these beautiful wooden doors and like the tile was all, the subway tile was all really beautiful. And it had like this old little stand where the you know ticket takers used to be no but there was someone in there actually Oh, okay i was just really cute and beautiful and not at all disgusting yeah it's not i mean i'm sure some stops could be i'm not saying every stop is beautiful but i was really impressed with it because sometimes you go to these bigger cities and the, the metros are just disgusting right so metro line one is worth riding we rode it just to have the experience to ride it once because of course i wanted to ride it because it's the oldest in continental europe and it goes right up and down andrasi street which is the or avenue i can't i don't know if it's street or avenue but uh andrasi is like the champ I'm not Yes, of of Budapest. And it goes right up and down that. It's only four miles long. So it's it's a quick little metro stop. And then 
the metro does go there's i think four or five lines it goes all out to farther flung areas so super convenient this metro and again Metro One will take you kind of up down it, up and down Andrasi, which is a lot of the stuff you might want to right. see. Right, and our anyway. apartment was right next to that, so it was easy to hop on. And then we took it actually from the baths. Yes, um, says Sen Sen Jenny. Sen Jenny. Yeah, Sen Sen Jenny. <laughs> Sen Jenny. <laughs> which baths are gorgeous baths, and we took it because um, there was a, a stop right there next to the baths, and we took them back to our apartment. So it was yeah. very easy. Yeah, definitely worth riding once just to do it and and it's cheap so if you are going to use metro again we walked a ton we had we had wit we had our little boy with us so we had a stroller we just liked walking a lot anyway i i really love walking cities so that was fine but if you are going to do it a single ticket's a dollar 50 you can get 10 tickets for 12 bucks you get 24 hour pass for six bucks 72 hour pass for 15 so they have all these tiers so if you're going to be using it a lot you go for, I think a seven day one is 20 bucks. I mean, to ride the Metro wherever you want. If you're going to get further out or you're staying further out or you're just staying near a Metro line, you want to take it a lot and have something quicker than walking, do it. It's cheap. It's easy. It's convenient. Yeah. And, it, and it runs a lot. Yeah. I mean, if you're there in the winter, maybe you don't, you wouldn't want to be walking quite as much because right. it would be cold. But. Yeah. Or, or maybe if it's a lot hot in the summer, we yeah. were there when it was Fahrenheit, oh, 70, 75 degrees, yeah. sunny. So we just wanted to get out and walk. So super walkable city, super bikeable and great public transportation. So you really can't uh, go wrong. You have to just go to Budapest. I don't know why you're not booking a ticket right now. And if you are not sold on Budapest yet in the neighborhoods, we're going to sell you right now because this is our favorite section oh, of all the Destination Diaries. Oh my goodness. We're talking Food. eating. We're talking eating. Eating, eating, eating. And we broke these up into kind of into categories because we did so much eating and drinking <laughs> that we decided we were going to break it up. And so these are the trending restaurants there. And a lot of these cafes do phenomenal breakfast, lunches, brunches, all that kind of stuff, starting with a few of our favorite places that, that you have to go to if you hit Budapest. Yes, you absolutely have to. This spot, Fiquette, we went to three or four times. Uh, I think at, at, least. at least three. And it's in this cute little courtyard. It's right off one of the main streets. So, it, but it's very quiet because you have to kind of like go into an alley and then it opens up into this courtyard and it has outdoor seating and it has indoor seating as well. But they had very good coffee. And we're going right? to get to the whole coffee oh, section. Right, 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 right. You could say but we're talking about food here. They had very good desserts. We had this Snickers pie that we posted on Instagram. And I'm telling you, is the best thing I've eaten. Maybe not ever, but like maybe the second best dessert I've ever had. It was phenomenal. So good. The three or four other times we went back, though, they didn't, didn't have it because they make it. new desserts every time. Yeah. So she did say you could request this. And we kind of tried. We to tried, but it, it, it wasn't the same person. Anyway, it was good. I had um, breakfast there the one morning. It was ham and eggs and toast and salad and it was just done exceptionally well it was very good and it what was it five dollars yeah your ham and eggs like so, your complete breakfast five bucks the snickers pie was like three bucks a flat white the coffee which you love 250 so we're talking ex not expensive for budapest standards but a little bit but comparatively you know you get to go to one of the nicest places and spend way less than you would in a in a western you know, Western European city or a U.S. city. Phuket, yeah, one of our favorites for sure. Obviously, we went back three times. Yes. And then probably tied with my favorite is Zimply. 
Simply? Simply? S Z. I'm just going to say simply. Yeah. Let's say it's a silent Z. Yeah, a silent um, Z. Simply food was the best brunch we had in the entire time we were there. The probably maybe the best food the whole time we were there. They have really interesting brunch things. For example, I got a Cuban, but it was unlike any Cuban I've ever had on this really soft bread and it had like bananas and drizzled of yeah, all types of little sweet banana sauce. I don't know. It was so delicious. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking $9 for that Cuban, which is phenomenal. $8 for an egg with green green cream and like a full brunch um high level gourmet breakfast for eight nine bucks um you're gonna have to wait it's it is always packed it's a small little place but total gourmet handmade awesome stuff so if you want that type of again completely bougie brunch head to simply it was phenomenal and then right across this like literally across the little alleyway from simply is Contact, which, which is, is the best coffee, I think, probably in all of Budapest. I mean, yeah. Phuket also has good coffee. There are a lot of great coffee spots, but I think Contact was the best. And so you can go and get simply, you could put your name in there. They speak English. You put your name in. If you have to wait, you can get a coffee. You can stand around. It's really just the best. If spot. you want the whole hipster bang bang, <laughs> the hipster the bang complete bang. hipster bougie bang bang, simply <laughs> and contact right across from each other. Go do that. And then I wanted to throw this other brunch place in because this was recommended on Offbeat Budapest as well, which was had phenomenal recommendations. But this one we tried because we were going, okay, what are some of the best brunches? Our last day there, we tried Stika. And the only reason we're throwing this on here is to tell you that I would go a hundred times to simply or forget before I ever went to Stika. It we awful went, service. It was horrible service. Food was not great. It was just very average. Very average at, at best um, for the food, and the service was awful. So, you know, that's another one of these trendy brunch spots. For our money, go to Simply, go to Phuket over and over again. I would definitely skip Stika. And then you also went to a brunch spot without me, just you and Wit. And that was pretty Hilda. good. Hilda. And that was decent. Again, Phuket and Simply, in this category of like gourmet cafes, I would go to those over Hilda and for sure over Stika. But, you know, if you want to try them out, they're not terrible. Stika was terrible. The service was absolutely awful, and I would never go back there. So I don't think... I mean, we're telling people like, hey, you might yeah, have limited sure. time. That's true. Don't waste your time going That's to Stika. That's true. Don't waste your time if you have limited time. If All right. Moving on from brunches and, and that type of brunch, lunch, cafe place is this idea of ruin bars and ruin pubs. And those are unique, well, not unique to Budapest anymore because other places have popped up around the world, but they started in Budapest and they are essentially buildings that were falling down that that people have decided to come in and make to all different levels of classiness, right? So the first one was Simpla Kurt. That's the first one, the biggest one. You absolutely have to go. Basically, a guy took this building and said, we want to allow artists to come in and do their thing. We'll serve some drinks. It's just anything goes there, and it's, it's really neat. crazy in there. There is just stuff everywhere. It's kind of like a bunch of vintage thrift shops exploded in this building, which is a couple different levels. And some of it's like an open courtyard. And then there's rooms off the courtyards. And it's very cool. It wasn't my favorite place to go in Budapest because it was 
It's very touristy. Everybody goes there now. Even like a group of retirees were oh coming in, taking pictures. About 40 and, like, people, it was very 40 white-haired retirees <laughs> walking in with their name badges into this ruined pub, which is what it's all about, yeah, though. no, that's The fine. point of the ruined pub is anything yeah, goes. Anyone anything can goes, come. and it's cool, but it was, you know, it was very crowded, and it was very smoky. People smoke everywhere in Budapest, and I hate it. It's terrible. Why are you still smoking? It's 2018. Why are you allowed to smoke inside, which technically... We were in a courtyard, but it was like surrounded by all the rooms. That was that was the only downside to, to me. To Budapest was, as was a whole, that. that was the toughest part for us, not being non-smokers and obviously having a seven-month-old with us, was how much people smoked and it's all yeah, over. you would and be at a restaurant and if you want to sit outside, people were allowed to smoke outside in the restaurant. Yeah, and it just, it was tough. Yeah, but, but anyway, that would be my Simpli- one complaint Simplicur, about Simplicur. You got to go to, it's the first go. ruined it's bar. It's very crazy. Yeah, and it's it's awesome, and it's cheap. There's like seven bars in it. They're all right around each other. You can get, one's a wine bar, one's a cocktail bar, one's a craft beer bar. Some are just regular bars. Just check it out. It's well worth it. There's also a food truck right next to it. Uh, a food truck, a like couple of food caravan yeah. area. It's called the caravan, which we didn't eat at, but obviously super cheap food there. And there's that strip is the heart of the party district. So we went during the day because we didn't want to party party. So we went during the day and it was way less crowded at Simpler Kurt. I think if you go during the night, it'll be a different vibe. It'll be much more yeah. younger party yeah, and yeah maybe that would be cooler i yeah, don't know I mean, and we had a seven month old with us so we couldn't do that but um you might want to check it out so that's like the the quintessential ruin pub but a bunch of these other ones have been called ruin pubs as well and they're essentially just old buildings where they put up a lot of cool stuff but the two next ones we're going to mention are much are, are less pubs well, a and little more, more... Yeah, they're more curated. They're not as wild and crazy with just stuff everywhere. I mean, they still have things, but especially the one that I love, Mazel Tov, is in a ruin, and it's actually kind of like between two buildings, and it has... It's just so well done, like artistically and visually. It's beautiful. It's unique. And it's a restaurant as opposed to it just being like a bar. Right. It's an Israeli restaurant. It's probably the trendiest restaurant in all of Budapest at this point. And it was great. We went for... Usually you need recommendations. We rocked up... Reservations. What did I say? Recommendations. Yeah. Usually you need... Well, you got a recommendation. (laughs) Now you need reservations. But we went at like 3 p.m. and we were able to get a table, but... It, it packs out. Like, so if you're going for lunch or dinner, get a reservation. It was fantastic food, is great Israeli food. For us, it was 35 bucks. We got two entrees, uh, a labne starter, like a big starter, glass of wine. So by Budapest standards, pricey, but by normal US or Western European standards, great deal because we were, you know, we got a pretty upscale meal for 35 bucks and we ate a lot and you even had a glass of wine. Yeah, so. and we even took some of it back with us because it was too much food. So but, Mazel Tov, highly recommend. It's yeah. called a ruin pub, but, but it's, it's beautiful. And it's not a pub, it's it's a restaurant. Yes. Um, kind of in between those two, like Mazel Tov's pretty upscale, simple Kurt, just this ruin, the quintessential ruin pub, is this place called Sendi's Tar's Wine Bar and Garden. And we went here one night late and they have a really nice little outdoor patio right in front of, I think, a cemetery. Or is it a park? Maybe a park. I think I- it was a park, but it was dark, so I couldn't really tell. And we were going to sit out there. 
But again, we had about 15 smokers around us and poor little Wit was asleep in his stroller and I was like, not to be that mom, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here with 15 people smoking around my kid. So we went inside, which is very cool uh, to sit inside, but... This was one of my favorite yeah, places. Th- this was a very cool spot. It was cool. It, so we sat inside, like Heather mentioned, and it, it is has ruined stuff in it in that they have crazy decor all over. But again, it's curated. They had great food. So wine very was cheap. Food. They had good beer. And the food, you know, you've got, you got a feta cheese dip or something like that. And I got sausages and both were like five bucks. Yeah. So, and it was good. Yeah. It was a great it place. It was fun. I would definitely recommend going there, whether you sit inside or out in the, the garden area. Yeah, one of my favorite places for sure. Um, check it out. I would. They have breakfast as well. I, I definitely would go. But it felt to me like a place that you would go back to possibly over and over again because it's right there. It's pretty centrally located. And it has breakfast. It has late night stuff. It has lunch stuff. And it's just a really cool vibe. So that's the Sendy's Tards Wine Bar and Garden. Again, we're going to link everything up in the show notes because we're probably butchering some of these names. If you speak Hungarian, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're saying it this way. But we're trying to pronounce it phonetically. Um, So we'll link this up in the show notes. You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows in order to get that. So that's the, the Ruin Bar. There's a bunch of other Ruin Bars. But that's that section. And then we tried to go to a few places too that had both traditional Hungarian food and then modern Hungarian food. And what ended up being the best was one that we didn't have a recommendation for. We simply just stumbled upon it. it. Well, it's actually next to a ruin pub that we were going to go to. And it was a beautiful day. We've been walking around and this particular ruin pub was only inside and there was no one in there. So we were just kind of like, I'd rather sit outside. And right next to that ruin pub is this place called Haddock. Hadik, Haddock, I don't know, cafe. And it was great. We just got a table outside. We ordered a few things. Trav asked, you know, the the waiter, what do you recommend for like a Hungarian dish? Because I never would have gotten this. And Trav got it. And it was delicious. Yeah. So I got the, this is the Strapaksa, which is basically Hungarian dumplings with curded cheese and bacon. It's way better than it even sounds and it sounds fantastic because it wasn't as heavy as some of the typical eastern european stuff that we normally got in other places like bratislava when you're getting like the really heavy dumplings this was lighter the the taste was phenomenal is five dollars and fifty cents it was my favorite hungarian food by far that we had the entire yeah time. it was so delicious and when we say dumplings we're not talking about like asian dumplings it's more like a gnocchi yeah, but not super heavy. No, it was um, very good. Yeah, so had a cafe, great little place. This is in District 11 on the Buddha side. So if you're at the Gellert Baths and you're or you're going up to um, walk up to the uh, the monument and stuff like that, the cave church. Yeah, the cave church is over there. You can go to Haddock Cafe, which is right. Around, you know, it's about a half mile walk from there. Really cool spot, really fun. You got like a chicken Caesar salad for six bucks. That was good. The beer was a dollar fifty. Head there, it's great. Definitely get the strapaksa, basically Hungarian dumplings. Um, for other Hungarian food, we then made our way to the Hold City or the Hold, Hold Street, Street Market. Market, and it's like a 
in the bottom, it's it's just like a big food court, basically, with yeah, a bunch two of stalls. Levels. It's a really beautiful old building. It's kind of tucked away. Not tucked away, but it's not on one of the main streets. In District 6. In District 6. And it's a really beautiful building, and there are tons of food stalls. We went very early. We got there, like, I think at 1030. So not everything was – things were just opening, and the lunch crowd was just starting to come in. So we kind of weren't sure where to eat, and Trav had read about this really awesome food stall. Yes. Yeah, so it's called Asef Utkasa. It's the number three stall. They have their number. So number three, it's modern Hungarian food. We got this deconstructed pastrami sandwich for seven bucks. Everything else was like five to six bucks. The portions are huge. Yeah, it and, was crazy big. And come noon, it's it's near the fi- like the financial center. So all the business people come to this Hold Street Market for lunch. And this place was packed out. So... You know, it was quick. I got my food quick, but it was crazy. We were sitting there and no one was around. And, and all of a sudden at noon. By 11.30. Yeah. There were people everywhere. Yeah. And, and I had to wait for my food. So check that out. And then right next to it is a place that sells longos. And longos is deep fried bread. It's like a Hungarian traditional <laughs> dinner or uh, not dinner, snack. snack. And it's just deep fried bread that they put stuff on. So a lot of times it's cheese and sour cream, and then they put meats and stuff on it. So we can go to the Longos, and uh, we went to this place called Belveros Longos Alam, which is the number two stall right next to the other one we talked about. And we got a Longos there for two bucks and fifty cents. It was phenomenal. So ha- I highly recommend going to Hold Street Market and getting different yeah, things those, there. Those stalls were both on the second floor. So if you go up the elevator, they were right in front of that. Right. And then the last, the, the most upscale place we went the entire time, the bougiest of bougie, was this <laughs> place called Frixa. And this was a Michelin star restaurant. And the reason we went there had on the last day was because they had a great lunch special. Yeah, so you can go to this very expensive gourmet restaurant and get it for cheaper at lunch. We went, we even took wit, and it was very good. We had three courses, like a set menu. And the first course was the best one by far. We had this like duck liver cream and with strawberries. It sounds very strange, but it, it is was very, strange. very, very good. It was it was phenomenal. Um, and it was ten bucks for a three course meal at this place that if you go for dinner, it's gonna be twenty or thirty bucks. It, the food changes every day, so go give it a try. Usually, you need recommendations. We were able to squeeze in as the last people, so make recommendations. Go for the lunch reservations. special. Reservations. Make reservations. I say recommendations. Again, again, you said it. Make a reservation. Make a reservation. Also, the building is really cool because you walk down into it, and it's kind of like a cave. It's just decorated very well and kind of a unique spot. Yeah, so check that out. Our, our food was not the best we'd had, which but it was 10 bucks for like gourmet food, so we were a little... Not we weren't so impressed with the the entrees, but but again, it changes every day, so it's worth going and and checking out. And just for the experience, the service and the atmosphere is phenomenal. And then when we talk about like other food, we did go to one place that was didn't fit in any of those categories. This place was in the Palace District. One of my favorite days of Budapest was us walking around through the Palace District, and we ended it with an early dinner at this place called Padrone. Which is actually Spanish tapas. We were getting ready for the Mayorka part of our trip. It was delicious. It was a little bit expensive. I think we paid about $50 for two people. But we got a few glasses of wine and it's, it's tapas style. So 
It's kind of like when you're not in Spain, tapas is expensive. When you're in Spain, tapas is much cheaper. Right. I Outside of Spain, I don't love tapas restaurants because I'm like, you're just charging me extra for a smaller portion. But uh, it was a great little place. The food was was very good. And if you're in the Palace District, pop in, get a drink or two. People were really nice. Family-run restaurant. Um, check it out. Padron, which is right in District 8 in the Palace District. So that was kind of our our meals, right? Our big meals. But another thing that Budapest does very well is desserts. And one of the places that we absolutely loved talking about being up by the castle, and this is in District 1. Yeah, not to be confused, there's the Palace District, and then there's the actual castle. castle area. So it's two different areas. And this place that we went to was next to the castle, like across the river. Yeah, it's the oldest or supposedly the oldest dessert place remaining in the city. It's called Ruzworm Confectionery. And it is confectionery. Confectionery. Yeah, confectionery. I'm, wow, confectionery. <laughs> and it is whatever you call it, it's to die for. It was so good that we ate desserts there and then we got more desserts to take away because it is it was very far from our apartment and we didn't think we'd be coming back. And I wanted to have more of those desserts. We got the Ruzworm Cremes. Creams? Yeah, creams. It was like a cream cake. Yeah, like a puffed pastry with cream inside. It was so delicious. One of the best desserts I've had, oh, for sure. Oh, my goodness. It was really good. And how much was it? Everything is about two bucks. Like any slice of pie is somewhere between 150 and 250. They also, I guess in Budapest or in Hungary in particular, are known for their tart cherries because a lot of places had tart cherry dishes. And this confectionery had a tart cherry tart. Yeah, tort. Like a, tort yeah. Like a fold like over a strudel pastry, like type a strudel. Thing. It was also very good. So basically anything you get there is going to be good. You're going to go see the castle. When you yeah. go see the castle, go to Ruzworm. They're open all the time. It might be packed with tourists. That's fine. It's really good. Um, delicious, delicious dessert. And it's right there near the castle. So it's a nice little stop after you've seen the castle. We went to a few gelato places, of course. They were pretty decent. Lavender has a few spots around the city. Super creamy. I really, really like the Sicilian peanut flavor. None of these were as good, of course, as the gelato we get in Florence or Vigo or anything we in got Slovenia. in Ljubljana, Slovenia. But lavender, pretty good They will suffice gelato. it if you're having a gelato craving. Then we also went to this other place called Gelato Rosa, which was very cool, but unique in that it scoops the gelato into ice cream or into rose petals. Yeah, so like little small, tiny scoops. They're not even scoops. They're like little bites. They're petals, yeah. So I actually didn't enjoy eating it that way, even though it was pretty. But the gelato was very good. Yeah, so my problem with Gelato Rosa was that they had great texture, great flavor. But because of those rose petal scoops, it was hard to eat. And I couldn't really... I just wanted a regular scoop of ice cream or of gelato. <laughs> so you should go and ask. I was too scared because we were in line. I'm like, I don't yeah, want to be the one. And we only went once. But so. Gelato Rosa has... It's interesting and it's cool. And then when we talk about dessert, maybe your favorite place, because you made us go back to it, was Molnar's. In Budapest, they have something called a chimney cake, which is basically baked dough around like a ceramic or some type of circular colander thing. And they bake it and then you put flavors on it like cinnamon or chocolate or vanilla, almond, all these flavors. They're all over the city. There's little stands everywhere. We got one from a little stand it wasn't that good. It wasn't as good at... I mean, it was good. It wasn't as good as this spot, Molnar's. 
which is, I guess, I don't know if it's the original, but it's the one that's known yeah, around. Yeah, everybody for, goes there. It was better than the other ones, and it's definitely the best if you get it fresh, because when we went the one time, it was fresh, and then we went a second time at the very end of the night, and they weren't making fresh ones anymore. It was still good. It wasn't as good. So make sure you're going when it's like a time they're still making them. Yeah, you got to get the chimney cake. I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce, to try to pronounce what it is in Hungarian. But Heather will tell you, if you get the chimney cake, don't go for the chocolate. Don't go for the walnuts. Don't do any of that. Just get the cinnamon. The cinnamon is the best. Because I tried all these other ones, <laughs> and I was always disappointed when I thought, I should have just got the cinnamon. And then she'd have the cinnamon one. She wouldn't want to share. Well, I did share. You did share eventually. So Molnar's, get a chimney cake, but go to Molnar's. That's like the, the institution there. All right. Now we're going to get into the drinking in Budapest, because between the amount of beer and the amount of coffee... And the quality of beer and coffee, you've got some absolutely incredible options. So let's kick it off. We're going to talk about beer. And both of us were able to have a very good time sampling some of the craft beer and also one of the newer style macro brews, I guess you would call it. So we had a really good time drinking in Budapest. And the probably the best place we went, especially for craft brews, was the first craft beer and barbecue tap room. Outdoor tap yeah, room, beer garden? Yeah, it was kind of like an outdoor beer garden. And we hit this up, I think it was maybe the second day we were there. It was kind of our first day out exploring. And it was a beautiful day. It's right next to the river. And we had a burger and we had some beer and we just sat there and hung out and did some people watching. It was very relaxing. Interestingly enough, we were trying to find the Jonas Craft Beer Bar. That's what we had put in the Google Maps. So we went and we thought we were at the Jonas Craft Beer Bar because it's right next to this first craft beer bar. And we sat down. We had a we had a burger, as you mentioned, on the banks of the Danube. And the best beer we had the whole trip was the first craft brewing tropical IPA. And we had it there only later did we find out when we left that we were at the first craft brewing and not at beer the Jonas garden, not at Jonas, beer. which is right next door. So we went back to Jonas, of course, as well. Yeah, and Jonas had a lot of beers. They had a lot of different kind of beers. We did like the beer better at the first craft beer, especially because they had that tropical IPA, which was really yummy and juicy and refreshing. So we did enjoy it a little more, but they're literally next to each other. So you can hit up both. We got burgers at both places. Yeah, they were delicious. Great little spots on the Danube right in District 9. You can't go wrong at either place. You could go right between them. Again, it's all out the receding, and you wouldn't even know which one you were at. If you didn't ask. So hit them both up while you're there. If you're looking for less of a hipster craft beer uh, vibe, because this is certainly that, and you're looking more for a good communist era bar with nice outdoor seating, we recommend hitting up Ebola Espresso. So it's called Espresso. That does not mean that you go there to get coffee. It's a bar. It's a bar. Yeah, that was a cool spot. It was definitely... Interesting. You felt like you were back in time a little bit. There were a lot of locals there. The inside was cool. I went inside to use the bathroom. We were sitting outside because it was such nice weather. But the one downside to a lot of places in Budapest is if you're sitting outside, you can smoke. And so everybody smokes and it's really not that comfortable to be out there, especially if you have kids. So that's the only downside. But other than that, it's a cool experience. And they did have the IPA, the local IPA, 
on draft there, which we like to call the Saproni IPA. Yeah, and this was the point I was trying to make when we first started talking about this was Saproni is the biggest it, it'd be like having Budweiser in America, right? It's their it's their national beer. I at least I, I'm ninety percent sure it's Hungarian. If I'm wrong, just tweet me, let me know. But it's everywhere. But Saproni decided to get in on the action and make their own IPA. So normally you'd think, okay, this is gonna be crap. Well, it's it, all right, certainly not the best no, IPA we've ever had. But it's decent it's and it decent. was enjoyable to drink and it was really cheap, like two dollars maybe. Right. So if you're out and you're looking for and you're not at a specific craft beer bar, but you're at one of these regular bars or pubs, um Saproni IPA you can usually find way, way better than the actual regular Saproni, I will say that, because I tried to I did like stomach a tiny bit of the regular Saproni and it was not exactly um, the best. So Saproni IPA, pretty good. I do want to throw in here a place that we walked by a couple times. I went in, but it was always so crowded. We actually didn't stop to get a drink, but it's unique in its own right. That's called the For Sale Pub, and that is right across the street from the Central Market. And you can, what's interesting about it is you go in and people have just put pieces of paper all over the wall. So... I guess it started because people were putting stuff up for sale, like listing stuff. That but would make sense. It's it's a little weird. It's pretty cool. There's peanuts all over the floor. It's a bit touristy now, but it's just a unique little spot right across from Central Market that's easy to find. So you can check it out, the For Sale Pub. And of course, we talked at the top of the show about all the ruined pubs. We've already mentioned them. Super unique to Budapest. It's where they started, and they're really fun to drink at. And, you know, even... Um, Simple Kurt has like a craft beer bar. It also has a wine bar. It has a cocktail bar, and it has like a bunch of other regular bars. Although as well. whatever wine you got me wasn't the best. I, I would didn't maybe get it. Stick with beer. I didn't get it from the wine bar though. Oh, I just okay. got it from yeah, one that of, like, was the, closed. Yeah, the wine yeah. bar is closed. So you could check all those out as well. If you're someone who likes beer, that's cool. You probably don't start until at least noon, which means you got to get your coffee fix in the morning. Yeah, and unfortunately. I am neither drinking a beer nor a coffee while recording this podcast. I'd be happy with either one, especially because I'm getting into that mid-afternoon slump. Well, how about just the memories? Mm. Maybe maybe the They'll memories of the amazing me. coffee in Budapest is enough to sustain you for the next 10 to 15 minutes to get through <laughs> this podcast. Let's hope so. So one of my favorite coffee places, I mean, every coffee place that we hit up that was recommended was very good. I mean, Budapest has good coffee shops. Would you say maybe one of the best coffee scenes of, of any city you've been to when it comes to every place was pretty high quality, including some that were like very, very good? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's it's top on the places that we've been. I'm trying to think of other cities that would compare. I mean, Berlin had a lot of good coffee. Even when we were in Slovenia, there were some good coffee shops. So I just think... A lot of cities are doing these kind of hipster, really nerdy coffee places for people who love coffee. Like and you. Like me. So my favorite one, perhaps, well, my top two favorites, we'll start with those, Contact and Fiquette. And we only went to Contact once, I think. But I got you one to go one time as yes, well. When I had to run did. out and get wit diapers because right. so we were I had down to one twice. diaper. Both times were very good. Obviously, when it's super fresh, it's the best. But... They were, it was delicious, really good. Probably, I didn't have a drip coffee, but I'm assuming it'd be good. But at Contact, it's super simple. You go up and you can only choose like a few different coffees, you know, like a flat white or a drip or something like that. So that is great. And then it's right across 
from alley Simply, from Simply Food, which is one of our, as you guys heard, one of our favorite places so for good. breakfast so slash good. brunch. So definitely hit up Contact and then pretty make sweet your bang bang way over. And then Fiquette, we went to multiple times for their pastries for breakfast, whatever. But they also had amazing coffee. I went, I had the coffee there at least three or four times. So yeah. good. And those are both in the same area, so uh, you know, and and kind of near where we were staying. So that's hence why we went there a few different times. Right across the street, literally right across the street from our apartment, was this third place. Which even before we checked into our apartment, we I took you here there. because we landed, and you want to get good coffee. We couldn't I just check in checked for a couple on hours. Google Maps, even you know, good coffee in the area, and my little me- Melbourne came up, and so we went there the very first stop we made in Budapest, and their coffee is also delicious, really, really good. They don't have a lot to eat there. Just a couple little cookies and pastries. So don't go hungry. But if you just want coffee, my little Melvin. And then around the corner from that is Bluebird, which is a cute little spot as well where we picked up coffee one time. Literally no food uh, at, at Bluebird. They actually no. have no food, only coffee. I got a hot chocolate there. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, You know, it was like I wasn't really getting a lot of hot chocolate seeing as it was <laughs> summertime. Yeah. But Bluebird had a decent... Um, hot chocolate, and then right next to Ebola Espresso, which we just mentioned as a good communist era bar, is a place called Madal, which we we went to. This was like kind of rounding out the five top coffee shops that, that I decided to take you to when we had found a list. And Madal, still pretty good, but I think you'd rate it as maybe just a touch below yeah, everything but else. still really good coffee, so you can't go wrong with any of those places. And they're all generally in the same area. Yeah, they the really part. are. And, and Madal right there on, on the main square. So besides eating, drinking, ruined pubs, there are other activities in Budapest. And some of yes, them are... cultural activities. That's right. Cultural <laughs> activities that are really, really unique. And we, when you think about Budapest, if you know anything about it, you're probably thinking, if you're thinking of cultural activities, unique activities, the thermal baths. Yeah, which I had no idea about before we decided to go here and then people told us you have to go to these thermal baths. And and I heard a stat and this is like a convoluted stat, but Budapest has more thermal hot springs than any other capital city in the world. Okay. It's just funny because it wasn't like more than any other city in the world. Yeah. I think it was any other capital, capital city. city. It could be any other capital city in Europe. I think it's any other capital city in the world, though. So it has to beat out, what, 196 other cities? Well done, Budapest. You did. You've got a lot of thermal baths, and they're really cool. The one that we went to and and the one that's called, what, the Times Square Thermal Basket. It's the most famous. It's the biggest. It's the most touristy. But it's really cool, really beautiful, is Seysheni. Did you say it right? I don't know. We just listened to someone pronounce it on Google before this. Seysheni? I think Seysheni. Seysheni. And Travis right. It's absolutely stunning. It's this beautiful kind of yellow old classic building and they have indoor baths and outdoor baths and we i personally didn't go into any of the indoor baths because we brought whitaker with us in a stroller in a stroller and we're gonna tromp him through the indoor mm -hmm. baths to get to the outdoor pool now 
infants are not allowed to go in the baths because it's just too hot for them. So I'm not sure what the cutoff is, maybe like a two-year-old or something. But we knew that we could go to the outdoor pool since it was summer. It would be fun to just sit out there and then Trav and I could take turns going in the pool. So we did bring Whitaker. We went to the outdoor pool. There's quite a few of them out there. It's beautiful. There's chairs you can sit in if it's not too crowded, which it was very crowded when we were there. But we ended up finding uh, two chairs and... It was a great way to spend the day. Yeah, we spent a whole afternoon there. The indoor baths, obviously you'd have a different experience if you were there in the winter. The outdoor baths would be cold outside, but it would be really cool to be in those thermal baths. Of course, in the summer, people are just out there lounging, sunbathing. But I made a point to go in every single indoor pool. Did you really? Yes, because (laughs) I left Wit with Heather and I thought, all right, I'm just going to go in every single one. So you kind, they're in a row. And they're in a lot of different rooms. In the beginning, it's like a maze to get around there. But once you once you figure it out, you realize, okay, they're in a row. We couldn't figure out how to get to out to the outdoor baths. No, for a so while. So we were going back and forth with this stroller, <laughs> this huge stroller and this little kid. And people are looking at us like, what are they doing? It wasn't that bad. I mean, I it wanted to- It took us probably 10 to 15 minutes to find yeah. the outdoor pools. And we passed some of the pools like multiple times. But when I was went back in without him, I thought, all right, I'm going to hop in each one. They all tell you the temperatures there. They all have different kind of purposes. There's there's a dunk one that's really cold, and there um you know there's a I, I think there's thirty or forty indoor. One is filled with aloe. A lot are just a little hotter than normal, and then they and then they get hotter, hotter, hotter. But there is a really neat thing if you're at the outdoor baths. I think that's the only way to, for you to get to it. If you go downstairs, there's a sauna that's crazy hot. But the, and there's actually ice outside for you to like put in your mouth as you go in, and then there's a dunk pool there that's really really cold. Like I'm talking, uh, you know, a hundred and thirty degrees. Hundred. I don't even know in the sauna. I'm gonna get it wrong. Um, but the dunk one is just above freezing, so a lot of people go sauna, dunk in the cold Ooh. one. I put my feet in and went up to my yeah. uh, knees, and then all these old guys are like jumping in and go <laughs> ah, like screaming. I thought, all right, I'm not no, doing not that. for you. But says Jenny baths well worth it it's right there on the on the number one line so you can easily get out there yeah as well. we did take the train on the way back we walked there and then took the train back and also around the baths there's a park and there's a beautiful castle there that you can just walk around we didn't go inside or anything but it's a very beautiful park to walk through yeah so that whole area you could spend a day up there because it is in their largest park if you're looking for other thermal baths, and I was hoping to do this, which we didn't get to do, I wanted to do many of the baths, and compared to each other, we just ran out of time. But Vele Beige is one, Rudos is another. Uh, there, there's about seven, I think, seven main ones, known ones. So I, if we were to go back, and I guess we're going to get into this, that is one thing I'd love to do is go get to, to check baths. out the Gellert Baths is another one. Which leads the Gellert us, Baths are probably one of the most famous, other than the Sejani. Yeah, I think Gellert is the second biggest most touristed and that one those ones are right on the river so you can see them when you're walking along the danube and we went inside them just to actually use the bathroom and they're really i mean they're really cool and they're very beautiful they're all in these old historic buildings so it's really neat yeah so the geller baths we didn't we didn't go into the actual baths but we did go inside the building use bathroom but right there is a liberty statue and this is a bit of a hike to get to the top but it's got it's got great views looking back at the Pesh side of the river um, because you're in the Buddha side at that point. So it takes a while to get to the top. There are a lot of steps. So if you have a kid in a stroller, don't go to the top, which Heather made the good point. She's like, I don't think we're that close when we're about 
what I thought was two thirds of the way up. It turned out to be about one third of the way up. So she stayed, and there's a really cool kids park right on your way up to the top of the Liberty Statue. So yeah, she stayed down there. Yeah, an amazing park. Really cool. We put it on our Instagram stories, and I think it's still in our Instagram highlights if you want to check out all of the cool things that we did in Budapest. And there's also the Cave Church, which right. is right underneath. So you could, you first. You, if you cross the river, you would go up to the cave church and check that out. And that's very easy to access. And then the kids park was, you know, maybe a five minute walk from the cave church and then going all the way up to the top. Probably another, another 15 minutes yeah. or so. Um, and it's it's not hard, but and the views are worth it. But it's it's a bit of a hike. So if you have a kid in a stroller, as we now know, don't go all the way top. Uh, it's going to it's going to take a while. Another cool thing to do, which we've hit on already, have a drink by the waterfront in District 9. So we did this at the first craft beer bar on the Jonas Craft Beer Bar. There's a lot of new things to do in District 9, but those were the best places for our money when it came to just having a drink by the waterfront. It's just nice because you're looking over at everything we just mentioned. You're looking at the Gellert Bass at the bridge because you're on the Pesh side at that point. So just something easy, fun to do that we did two of the what was it, two of the seven nights that we were out, two of the eight nights that we were out in Budapest. So another really fun thing to do, especially if you enjoy shopping, is to wander up and down a street called Andrasi, and that is the main shopping street in Budapest. And there's a lot of high-end shops. It's not where... The cheaper shops are like H&M or Zara. I mean, not that you need to hit those up because you can go there anywhere. But it's just beautiful, beautiful avenue with really lots of trees and big sidewalks. And it's just it's a the, nice walk. It's the what? Champs-Élysées? Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Sh- sh- okay, whatever. It's just, yeah, maybe. Of Budapest. And it, yeah, we didn't shop on it, but we certainly walked up and down it. 15, 20 times during our time there. If you're doing some touristy stuff and you're making your way between the districts, you're going to hit it. Really beautiful tree line. Just a great, great little spot, even if you're you're just going out for a wander. My favorite place, though, to wander is around the Palace District. And this you could miss if you didn't make the decision to go see it. Like, Andresi is going to be hard for you to not wander on. Yeah, because it's a main street and there's lots of things off it. Like, one of the markets is right off of it. But, yeah, the Palace District is a place you kind of have to make your destination and it's really cool. It is. Obviously, it's where a lot of the old palaces are. It's very residential and quiet, but still very easy and one of the places we recommend that maybe you stay if you're if you're looking for something a little quieter in district 8 palace district because you can get to everything v- very short walk from most of the stuff you want to do but just old residential quiet beautiful buildings yeah the architecture is just stunning in this area yeah so if if you don't stay out in the palace district make sure you make your way to the palace district there's a on offbeat budapest there's like a walking tour that you can take and he explains what some of the things are even if you don't care what they are and you just wander around and we kind of did that by accident we were wandering i knew the palace district was right to our left and we just turned up one of the streets like oh this is a cool street and then just got lost kind of not lost but you know lost on purpose wandering through that district really fun yeah definitely one of the best things that we did i think Another thing that we enjoy doing when we go to other cities is to discover their markets and kind of wander around them and check out the food stalls and the arts and crafts scene. The two markets that we went to are mostly food markets, Hold Street Market and the Central Market. Which one did you like better? I Central Market's big and there's a lot of tourists there. Hold Street Market, I think I liked a little 
better only because we went and we had the good food there and also because being there felt like you were a resident because yeah, all the residents sure. came to get lunch there. Yeah, the Central Market is cool, definitely worth going to see, but it is very touristy and there's a lot of the same stalls carrying, you know, paprika and right. spices and it's it's cool, but Hold Market is definitely more, you know, it's off of Andresi and that's the shopping street and it's, you know, it's not near it's any in the of business the, yeah, district. It's in the so business it's, district. People so, coming for lunch, and it was cool. Yeah, Ruin Pubs. We've already mentioned a lot, but we got to throw it in here. You have to go to Ruin Pubs. They're so unique. They're fun. Even if you don't want to drink at a Ruin Pub, that's totally cool. Go walk around them. You know, get something to eat at Mazel Tov, which is you know the upscale Ruin um, Pub. Obviously, go to Simpler Kurt and just just go in. Like no one is going to bother you. No one cares if you're not drinking. Of course, if you want to have a drink, that's cool. And if you want to party, those are some of the places to go late night as well. Just a very, as you mentioned, very interesting unique spot scene. in Budapest. One of the prettiest places, but yeah, maybe and, even and the exact opposite of a ruined pub. Right, the exact opposite of a ruined pub. New York Coffee House. We walked in here and it's like going into, I don't know, a Four Seasons or some other Ritz Carlton in New York City. It's kind of that vibe. It's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. And they have, I mean, they have a coffee house attached to it. It's a restaurant where you can get tea and stuff like that. Desserts. Desserts. Very pricey coffees and teas. But even someone being as frugal as I am, I would recommend going and it's worth like the eight dollars you're going to pay for a coffee if you just want to sit in and have the experience it's stunning of course we didn't actually get anything because you could just walk in the hotel sit in the lobby which is one of the most beautiful hotel lobbies i've ever seen and just hang out we hung out there had for what two hours yeah well because it was in the middle of a rainstorm and so we're just kind of waiting out the rain and there was a person playing piano live music and it was so we did go just, tip him yeah we did we tip did. him and he loved wit it was so cute um so that was really fun and it's just a beautiful beautiful spot so you can make it an event of it and actually go in and get something to eat or you can just kind of hang out in the lobby and just enjoy enjoy the scenery and again no one it's it's a big lobby no one cares that you're there it's part of the coffee house so don't think you're going and oh my gosh i'm sneaking in it's totally cool that you're that you're allowed to do that um in the new york coffee house so definitely a a must see if you're wandering around put that on your map and go check it out one of the yeah one of the prettiest places that that we saw in budapest and and maybe even just of this year just the architecture's cool and of course it wouldn't be a destination diary if we didn't end with our can't miss skip and wish we had done so. We don't know each other's answers. We've kept it secret from each other. But we do this for every Destination Diary episode. Heth, if someone was going to Budapest, what is the one thing they can't miss? So my pick is the castle because I was blown away by the castle. You can walk up to it. You can take the little cable car up to it um, or the funicular rather and I was not expecting to enjoy it because we've been to a lot of castles, but the views from up there are amazing. The castle itself is very beautiful walking around it. And then you have the whole castle district, which I had no idea about, but it kind of feels like this old part of Budapest where it's residential and has some really cool buildings and it's very high up. So you can see the river and the rest of the downtown area. It's very, very cool. Yeah, and a lot of people won't stay on the Buddha side. They'll stay on the Pest side. 
So it's nice to get over to the Buddha side where the castle is and wander through that castle district because it's very different from the Pesh side. Rolling hills and cobblestone streets and things like that. My can't miss, this was a very hard decision. Yeah. It came down to either the thermal baths or the ruin pubs. Okay. Um, ideally, someone would open a ruin pub <laughs> in an old thermal bath. Then I could just say them both. Well, you just basically did. Say but both, I am going to so. say, I, I am going to say the thermal baths. Both are very unique to Budapest, but the thermal bath blew blew my expectations away. Uh, also, says Jenny, I was a little like, oh, we're going to the most touristy one. I kind of wanted to go to some that were off the beaten path. Didn't matter. It was awesome. So, so much fun perfect to sit out on a summer day and what we've heard from people who followed our instagram they're like oh you think it's cool in the summer go back in the winter when it's snowing when out it's snowing. and yeah that would be amazing seem absolutely magical all right what's the one thing that you would recommend that we that we did that you would recommend that people skip if they don't have a lot of time and they're coming to budapest and this was hard for me because everything we did i would recommend to people because there's, I mean, Budapest is such a cool, cool city. We loved it so much. The one thing that I didn't super enjoy, guess, was the Terror Museum. Me too. And I thought that you'd probably have the same one. You especially disliked it. Uh, it was a very neat setup inside, but you didn't know what was happening. Yeah. It's more like an art installation, in my opinion, than it is a museum because there's no writing in English anywhere on any of the plaques or anything. So you can't, you have to grab a piece of paper at the beginning of each exhibit and read through it. And but, it was just a lot of reading. And when you would read through it, it didn't really explain what was in that room. Yeah, it was kind of like, like a, a history, history book. Like you were working your way through a history book, but it didn't correlate to the stuff that you were seeing in the room. So I. So if you go in with the mindset that it's just a very cool cultural art exhibit and less than a museum where you're going to learn a lot of things, then it's cool. Because the art in there, like the installations, the way they've set it up are very cool. And I can appreciate that. So it's definitely, if you want to just kind of see the vibe of the place, very cool. But if you want to actually learn, then you're going to have to read through all of those papers and still kind of come out being like, well, I don't know exactly what the point is. And it's a bit expensive by yeah. Budapest standards. So I, as someone who's always curious and wants to know what's happening, I was left very feeling a bit uneasy. Oh, I saw some neat stuff, but I don't really get what exactly was going on. So I, I'm with you. I would skip the Terror Museum. Wish we had done. What's one thing that you wish we had done and we're going to do when we go back? Well, every night, every day, we kind of said we would do this or we we would do it the next day and we just kept pushing it off. That's a river cruise. We never did a river cruise, which is crazy because... It's on the Danube and everybody does a river cruise and we just we just never really got around to it. I kind of forgot that yeah. we actually didn't do it. I know. Because it was one of those, you want to do it tonight? No, well, we'll do it tomorrow. And then all of a sudden we just left and yeah. we hadn't done it. My wish we had done, I guess I'm just being very basic here, <laughs> was I wish we had gone to more thermal baths. It makes sense if I'm telling you you can't yeah. miss the thermal baths. I wish we had done more thermal baths. I actually had it all planned out of which ones are going to go to when. And I was going to do like a three thermal bath bang, bang, well, bang, 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 bang in one day. And again, we just ran out of time. So when we go back, 
I definitely want to check out at least three or four of the other thermal baths just to get a good feel for them. Fair enough. And I, I mean, you can't go wrong with thermal baths. I, really, it's fun in the summer. It's fun in the winter. It's it's not that expensive, and it's a cool cultural experience. So for me, basically checks all the boxes. So I wish we had done a few more of the thermal baths. All right. And they're all they're all unique as well. Like they're all different. Some are smaller. Some are bigger. So I think that's pretty cool that they all have their own vibe. That's what I wish we had done. But that being said, you still we, went to one, maybe one of the best. I still ones. went to one, and we also had a fantastic time in Budapest. There was almost nothing I would change. It was a city that both of us had been wanting to go to for a while, and you you had put it on your top ten places you want to go or your your travel wish list yearly yeah, for the last yeah. three so years. I'm I believe. really glad that we went, and it definitely lived up to our expectations and maybe even was better than I thought it would be because we just enjoyed it so much and we did go at a very nice time of the year. It was the end of May and it wasn't super crowded but the weather was really awesome, just pleasant. It was kind of just in the 70s and 80s degree Fahrenheit every day. So I don't know. I would highly recommend going in May. And as we mentioned, Budapest to me is one of those cities that the more time you get to spend in it, the more you're going to like it. We did eight days and we did a lot, but I feel like it's a place that you could go and live. Not that not everyone listening is going to go live there, but you could spend you could an extended spend amount of time there. and there's a lot to do. You could also hit it for three days and, and get get some of the feel, but it's certainly a place that's manageable, walkable, bikeable, but there's a lot underneath it that still you can see yeah, if you have an extended We walked everywhere. We took a taxi to and from the airport. That's it. And we took the train one time. And other than that, we just walked and walked and walked. And it was really, really enjoyable. Yeah. So one of our favorite cities in the world, I think I speak for both of us when we say that, because it had good food, good coffee shops, good places, drink, culture, great architecture. And again, like we said, manageable with a kid, also manageable. Uh, it can be very, very cheap. Or if you want to do a little bougie experience, bougie Budapest. bougie Budapest, it's still you know a third to half the price of a Western city if you were to go to a New York or a Paris or a London. So all of that combined really makes it, a, in my mind, a pretty special and, and magical place that I think most people should put on their itinerary, especially if they're going to do one of those European vacations, do a Euro trip. So there you guys have it. If you want to check out all the stuff we mentioned. Remember, everything, is, and it's going to be a lot of stuff this time, is linked up in the show notes. You can get that extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. Everything we mentioned, some of the stuff that we probably mispronounced, it'll be spelled right there. You can check it out. Don't forget, if you are traveling, you want a good travel backpack, check out tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget to use that promo code EPOP. That's E-P-O-P, all capital letters. You get 10% off your entire order. Lastly, we haven't asked for this for a little while. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, apparently I went to this podcasting conference. You're not supposed to call it iTunes. It's not called iTunes anymore. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, take some time. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We haven't asked for it in probably 100, 150 episodes, but that always helps. So if you like it, make sure you leave a rating, leave a review, send us some love. We really appreciate it. And until next time. Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris.